It's the week of October 7th, and this is MASHCAST number 101. of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I am Jarrett, and I'm here with Nick Zellenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? And Joel Couture. Very special hello to whoever designed the Wii U's gamepad and put the right control stick above the buttons. You, sir, are a genius. Why, why are they a genius? I don't know if you were being sarcastic or not. I'm being completely sarcastic. It's the worst idea ever. <laughs> oh, like, okay. <laughs> it seemed like it, but go ahead, explain. No, not to... See too early into uh, what we've been playing this week, but I've been trying to play Wind Waker HD. And using the grappling hook requires you to aim, which you, admittedly you can do by aiming around the Wii U gamepad if you feel like flicking that around the room like a moron. Or you could use a stick like a regular human being, but the stick is above the buttons. So I'm always adjusting my aim. Okay, that's about where I want to hit. And when I do that, I have to switch the buttons, but Wink shakes. So by the time I get my thumb down to the buttons, He's usually shaken off of whatever I'm aiming at, which is really fun against the first boss. And I'm just, I, I'm kind of confused. Why, why is it where it is, or is it? Hold on, hold on. I'm digging it out. We need to target my rage now. Ah, uh, the stick is above. Here we go. It's quite hard to reach it when you need it, so you keep having to fiddle your fingers around, and it drives me nuts because I'm missing all the time for important things. Yeah. I thought I could go get the uh, that controller they designed for the Wii U that looks like the 360 controller, yeah. but they made the exact same mistake on that. The sticks are above the buttons again. It's 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 mind-boggling. It, it's the biggest thing that's frustrating me about the game so far. That's mm. it. That's all I got. That's all you got. <laughs> that's all. I, I'm I'm bitter about it. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a bad idea. I was actually considering... Well, I'm still considering getting a Wii U. I mean, eventually I'm going to get one. Mm. But, you know, that was definitely one of the games I was interested in. Definitely yeah. one of the games. But Oh, beyond that, it's it's excellent. Like, uh, the colors are fantastic. Just in HD, like, this was how this game was meant to be seen. Like, right. clearly what they're shooting for. And it doesn't make my eyeballs burn after a couple hours like the last one did. Just seems to be a lot smoother on it. That or my eyes have burned beyond recognition now, and I just don't feel pain anymore. One of the two. Either way, you're but a the, stronger person. Mm-hmm, clearly, I'm better for it, you know. <laughs> but other than that, lots of nice additions like being able to use the Wii U's pad to pick the weapons and items you want out at the time. You just touch them, flick them onto your character, and you're good to go. Right. Uh, the Wind Waker baton is always out. So you just have to hit up on the D-pad, and that brings it right out. Uh-huh. Like, lots of neat, like, just nice little additions like that, where they just sort of streamlined it. So any, all the, the little things that used to bug me about it, like pokey sailing and things like that, have been sped up. So uh, I'm really enjoying it, beyond that little kicker about using the stupid grappling hook. Well, that's good. 
Well, we might as well just continue with what you've been playing. This is MASHCAST 101, by the way. I was going to say something Sorry. about being the wonderful MASHCAST 101, but uh, Joel's rage got in the way of that. So, but that's okay. Why don't you just keep on going? What else have you been playing? Uh, I played Democracy 3, and I'm not going to lie, I really thought I was going to hate that. Uh, I, I really did. Because uh, basically, it is a game about uh, managing your government for a couple of years. Uh, your your job really is to get reelected every term every like four years. Right. But, uh, I got killed before my four years were up. So yeah, I read that. I was like, they 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 did that to you. Wait, you, you yeah, you got assassinated. I was assassinated. Wow. Um, I I made a lot of decisions early on that uh, pissed off the religious, like just constant decisions. Like gay marriage, fine, go for it. Uh, stem cell research, screw it, let's do it. And just <laughs> screw it, let's like do was, it. I yeah. like that. <laughs> That's my president. <laughs> Do it. Go for it. Income tax? Screw that. Have that. We can afford it. Oh, yes. Hero to the people. But uh, the religious folk didn't much care for me. And it kind of started warning me that uh, this group called the Brotherhood of Christ, or the, the Brothers of Christ, I can't remember which, were starting to just... You? Apparently. But apparently they they were starting to get pretty mad at me. They're like, eh, whatever. What are they going to do? I, I put some funding in security, but my uh my whole country hit an economic crisis because there was a world economic crisis. So my income tax went the toilet. All these other things happened, and meanwhile I'm like cutting funding to all these different areas, and I'm actually interested in it and trying to get reelected. But uh, ignoring the uh, ignoring the angry religious zealots was a bad idea because they had me assassinated. <laughs> Yeah, game. I would like, say so. You've been assassinated. Game over. Is like what? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> With there no cutscenes or anything like that, though, right? No, it's all just sort of like a static screen with like a, a little picture that shows up. Right. Um, but uh, it's very good at conveying a lot of really complex information. Like uh, when I adjusted my income tax, there was a lot. Uh, I just have to hover over. At, well. What the screen looks like is it's a bunch of bubbles, and each of these bubbles represents your various policies and like problems your government's facing, like alcoholism or my stem cell research and things like that. And if I just hover the mouse button over one of them, it'll show lines going from it. Um, green are typically p- increase, and red is decrease. So green isn't always good, red isn't always bad. But uh, I could see lines from my stem cell research that were improving my standing with uh, the middle class, but I could see red line shooting over to the religious, and I forget what else it was shooting towards. But other things like uh, when the economic crisis hit, it was shooting red lines pretty much everywhere, uh, killing my employment levels and things like that. So uh, my job then is to sort of fuss with everything, try to make sure I have enough money to pay everybody right. and fund all my programs without getting the whole country into a deficit, which I did not. I was not succeeding. I was probably going to get kicked out of office. Uh, especially because I started inc- implementing things like mansion taxes because I figured, I'll tax the rich. They got money. Then I made all of them mad, and they started leaving the country. And they launched a smear campaign in the newspapers, which was lowering my uh, standing with the middle class. So I was sort of getting screwed by everybody by the end of it, but I'd screw them harder first. So I guess that's only that's fair. That's how you're supposed to go out, man. Yeah. Like, no, fuck me? No, fuck you. <laughs> like, that's how you're yeah, supposed to do it. That, that's politics, baby. That's mm-hmm. politics. I don't know, because I, I read your review, which was published on the site Thursday, because it's going to come out Friday, so it came out on the site Thursday, and I was like, that's interesting, like, that, like, you know, what they do with democracy 
is like I think that would be great for schools. I I agree. I think that would be tremendous for schools. Like if I looked at this for my politics in school instead of like political science and stuff like that in university, I might have actually been engaged with the information. It just it tells it very well. And you can directly see when you change something how that screws your public opinion of you and how it like might screw like certain areas of the, the government. It just it just very simple. I expected to hate it and I ended up loving it and played it for hours and it made everything really easy to understand. I have no interest in politics and very little knowledge of it, but it just it made it all very easy. I really enjoyed it. It was really well made. Yeah, I kind of want to check it out, but dude, I got too many, too too much stuff going on. Actually, I'll, I'll talk about it later. But you got anything else you wanna you you wanna bring up or? That's been all I've been doing lately, other than Lone Survivor and just adoring it. But I think I made that pretty clear at the review and the and the game of the year last year and, and the review last year. And if you're following me on Twitter and the not shutting up about it, the excellent story. You do need to play it a couple of times to really appreciate it. Uh, play it the first time however you want to play it and then from there it sort of tells you things about your game that you might not have known you were doing good or bad and from there play it again but if i say any more than that it kind of ruins the surprise of it so that's all i'm gonna say Deal okay. with it. uh nick why don't you go ahead um i really haven't been playing that much um really i've just been playing hearthstone um which is super addicting and I can't wait for that to come out of beta so everybody else can play it and get addicted as well. Um, although uh, Blizzard has been good at they've been releasing waves of uh, opt-in beta invites uh, pretty much every day this past week. Um, so if you're if you're opt-in if you opt in in your Battle.net account, uh, it shouldn't be too much longer before you get the invite. Uh, one would think. Um, I don't know. I'm not doing as well as I, I was. I'm, I. Uh, I think uh, I'm still struggling to build my decks uh, post wipe. Yeah, um, you were saying they were going to wipe your decks on you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So I, I it, they did the wipe, and I didn't get the chance to play for a few days. So I came back in with the starter the starter cards, and some people actually had uh, you know ha- had some stuff they'd already accrued. And it took a while for me to kind of get my my bearings back under me. But I got my hunter deck built. Uh, I got my warrior deck. Um, which uh, is still a little weak. I got my Warlock deck, so those three are are, uh, are ready to go, so I'm, I'm, I'm playing with them, uh, and I'm enjoying that. Uh, other than that, I really haven't played too much, if anything, so... Right. Um, okay. Well, I guess it's up to me to save the day and, you know, <laughs> play some games, but, uh, see. Actually, I haven't been playing too much different than my normal stuff. However, I um I did pick up Final Fantasy fourteen, which originally I wasn't interested in it at all. I really wasn't interested in it to play it, you know me. Especially since there's no PvP. Uh but there was a couple guys in the office playing, so I'm like, you know what, I'll check it out. Um, first of all, Square Enix and their cinematics, man. Like who like I don't even know who does better cinematics. I mean, it has to be between them and Blizzard. Like, it has to be between them and Blizzard. And I, I kind of, I guess I lean toward Blizzard mainly because, you know, they're American companies, so therefore a lot of their cinematics work at my pace or, I don't know, I guess they're more suited for for what I like, you know, like, you know, the, the, the Final Fantasy cinematics are a lot of, 
you know, guys running on air and throwing swords <laughs> around and mystical beasts coming from the sky and stuff like that. Whereas StarCraft, you have, you know, um, you know, air, you know, airplanes that turn into robots and start shooting at an ultralisk and get stomped, you know, stuff like that. Like it's the, those two companies make incredible cinematics and the, the cinematic, the opening cinematic for, uh, Final Fantasy 14 is incredible. And it's not just, here's the thing about it is it, when you start the game, it has, starts with this opening cinematic with a voiceover. Um, <laughs> However, I thought that was the opening cinematic, but it wasn't. The voiceover is kind of like a recap of what happens in the opening cinematic. If you just let the game sit there, uh, it will actually... There's a cinematic it, it plays that has no voiceover. It just has a, ton, a shit ton of action, and it looks phenomenal. Uh, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the music. Uh, you know, It took me forever to create my character, but the music that I was playing as I was creating my character, very soothing. I'm actually considering um, picking up the Final Fantasy uh, 14 soundtrack. I pre- if I would have got the like the physical collector's edition, I probably would. It probably would've came with it, but I didn't think too much of it. Um, but in terms of gameplay, for now, like I'm, I'm only at like level 12, and I honestly thought it wasn't gonna take me as long to get there because if I, if this was WoW, I'd probably be up to like level 15, maybe maybe closer to 20 at this point. But there's a, it's a lot of grindy stuff happening. Uh, one thing I thought that was interesting because I knew nothing. I just bought the game. Like I'm, I marketing companies waste dollars on me because I'm either gonna buy your game or I'm not. <laughs> you know that's yeah. the thing. <laughs> so, but um, so basically, you can choose any race you want. Um, there's some other stuff like you can choose gods and your birthday, and that right now it doesn't appear that that matters. But um. I uh what does matter is the uh the class you choose. The class you choose is what matters because based on your class that determines your starting area. Uh and um so and you know certain classes go to different starting areas. So like for me I'm an archer. So it's my class uh the lancers I think. Uh the con- the conjurers which are healers. And we're all kind of in the same area. We're not packed together, but it's like a little town, a little, you know, there's well, not a little town, but it's like a town, and there's different guilds and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I guess each area is suited for those classes, and eventually the classes will start to merge together as you continue. So it's actually, it's way more diverse than most MMOs where when you start a game, the only people you see are your race. You know, it's much more diverse than that. Uh, but right, there's only a few classes around. So like, as I'm fighting stuff, I'm like, man, I wish there was a melee guy here. And there's only people with arrows and healing, <laughs> you know. So that happens. Um, they're, they're these things called duties. They're kind of like these instances that you have to go through, and sometimes you have to separate from your group to do it. Even though I haven't been playing doing group play a lot, there are there's like these these to get around town quickly. You every time you go to a different location in town, sometimes there's these little like crystals that you can activate, and now you can teleport between the crystals around the town or between towns. So that's pretty cool. And one thing I was told is that you know you don't really need to make multiple characters because uh, each character can switch to any class. Uh, 
So the thing, I guess, the thing is like you just need to make sure you have the proper armor for each class with you, and your inventory, your armor inventory is different than your regular inventory. Like each slot you have, like each, like you know, um, you know, uh, chest armor, head armor, you know, leggings, stuff like that, has a bunch of has a bunch of slots, and you can just keep stuff in the slots if you want to. So I thought that was um, that was pretty cool. But uh, right in front, I haven't gotten into into much of anything yet, to be honest with you. I haven't gotten into much of anything, so I can't say whether it's good or bad. The thing that, that's going to determine whether or not I stay is the PvP. The PvP has to be on point, and if the PvP is good, then I'll stick around. Because MMOs have just been disappointing me with PvP. I, I could never get in, back in the WoW PvP after playing Guild Wars PvP. Uh, and Warhammer PvP was like the best MMO PvP that I've ever played. Like, did, you, did you hear that's closing? I did, and I was like, ah, oh, man, the dream never came back. The dream <laughs> never came back. It was so much fun playing Warhammer PvP, and uh, the, the, the problem with Warhammer is that they focus so much on the PvP that they forgot about the in-game content, and other people were like, well, what am I going to do now? And I'm like, oh, we're just going to play PvP. Like, well, I don't want a PvP. What do you mean you don't want a PvP? Oh, pansies. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've been playing that. It's 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 pretty. Good. I can't say whether it's good or not, but you know I've been entertained. Um, now the other game that I played and I just picked up yesterday is Beyond Two Souls. Uh, and I know I didn't read Joystick's review. I know Joystick gave it a two and a half stars, and some other places were giving it lower reviews. Wait, is that no, out, of five or out, of out of five? Out of ten? Out of five. Yeah, so um, and up some some other places have been giving them low it, scores. It's it's been getting middling reviews everywhere that I've seen. Like middle, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. I I, I I was actually getting excited by the commercials, and then I started reading reviews, and I'm like, wow, nobody likes this. Well, that I didn't read any reviews purposely. Well, I, mean, I know I'm gonna play the game. I'm gonna review it myself, so I don't want to read anybody's reviews. I just saw the score of joystick. I made I made sure to avoid, and that just showed up on my Facebook. I just made sure to avoid um, any other reviews. But, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know what people were expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is this is Quantic Dream that we're dealing with. So I'm not really expecting action the way we normally see action, of course. Now, I was expecting something, I wasn't expecting Heavy Rain, so I don't want to say that. But I was kind of expecting something of that, like the QTE-style gameplay, which you do get. And I will say, I've been playing for about three hours, and in terms of the how advanced the QTZ, QTEs are, they're nowhere near as advanced as Heavy Rain or like an Endigo Prophecy, oh, uh, you know, stuff like that. You, you're nowhere near that. Um, most of the QTEs are based on the right control stick. Uh, basically, like when she fights, you know, it's a, it's a it's a choreographed fight, um, and well, not choreographed, but it's like you know, it's it's a fight that you really don't control, uh, and basically, where whatever direction she's moving in, or whatever direction her fit, like her hands are moving in, you need to press in that direction. Like when she goes to punch somebody, it goes in like slow motion, and you need to like flick the the stick in that direction, and she'll continue it. Um, which I'm having, since some of them have a little trouble, cause I can't determine what she's doing. Like sometimes, it, like, like you know, it like she's turning around this way, but she'll have her hands up, and her hands will be going this way. I'm like, 
So do I go left or do I go right? And I hit the wrong way, and it's, and it's like fucked up. Um, so it doesn't indicate it at all. Just... No, there's no like for those. There's no indicator, but the slow motion oh, yeah. ones, there's no indicator, uh, which is very different. Um, also, like sometimes, like if you have to hit like R1 or you know L1 or the X or the, the buttons, then they'll ha- they'll indicate when you have to hit those. But those usually don't have anything to do with the fighting. Like with the fight, like with the fighting or like really fast action stuff, it's always the right control stick. The thing about this game, though. It is extremely cinematic, more cinematic than any any other game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Like basically, it's like it, they. I see what he was trying to do, or they, the team, their, their team was trying to do, and making it this this movie that you're playing through, pretty much. Like even Heavy Rain wasn't this cinematic. You know, even just moving around, like when you're free to move around, the way the camera will focus on different things. Like you don't have 100% control, you are definitely seeing what they want you to see. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I see what they're trying to do, but like this game was definitely way more cinematic. I think that's what they were trying to get across, and I think that's what a lot of game reviewers really didn't like. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was thinking about it, I was like, because, you know, uh, well, Nick remember what I said. I, I said that Journey wasn't a game. I said that Journey was a uh, interactive media. That's what I felt yeah. about Journey. That it wasn't a game. It was just interactive media. And so I was thinking to myself, like, am I a hypocrite for saying that this would be a game? And I, and just to let Nick know, no, I'm not a hypocrite. Journey is still <laughs> interactive media. This is a game because you can fail. Like, you know, if you do if you do the QT sequences wrong too many times or in a critical place, you'll fail. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, so far, they've been very lenient with, you know, what my failures. Like, this was one time I thought I was going to die for sure. And she managed to slip away. I'm like, how the fuck does she get away from those guys? So. My, my understanding, though, is that, well, well, I guess the question becomes then, have you actually died at any point? Or are you not, still, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Be, because one of, the, one of the complaints I saw is when comparing the game to Heavy Rain um, is that, you know, Heavy Rain, every decision you made and every, every success or failure that you had had a direct you know, it had a direct effect on the plot. And so if you let a character die or if you didn't, you know, you didn't do something at a certain time, that affected the story going forward. And I think it part, you know, a large part of, of uh, Beyond's cinematic nature is that it's told in flashbacks and in, in a non-chronological order. Absolutely. That's what, I can't determine whether I like the story or if I'm just compelled because I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. No, but that no, but um, no, but that, I think that's the point, though, is that you know one of the things I think we like about the games, the games that we like the best, are the ones where we feel a direct sense of agency and control over what happened. You look at games like Mass Effect, and I think the reason they were so successful is because we could determine sort of the fate of the universe, and then you know I think that's why there was a large outcry over the ending there, is because people felt a lot of that was was taken away. And so I think what they're seeing, I think what you're seeing here is that people are looking again for a game like Heavy Rain, where it's like, okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be able to really change this world. And it fundamentally becomes like, no, because it's, especially because the whole story is being told in a flashback, you can't die in a flashback. And so I'm curious if these little opportunities where you fail and then, uh, Ellen Page, I can't say I remember the character, or Jody, Jody, uh, and then the, re- the Jody's able to escape through some sort of, you know, means. I wonder if that, 
is 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 there a harsher punishment for failure coming or is that all you can get because she has to survive to recount the narrative in the future well they could do it like metal gear solid 3 did with the whole time paradox thing whenever you got killed or you killed revolver ocelot or something like that or you shouldn't have well, or I mean, you can just have a good old hearty game over, like, or, Prince, or even uh, Prince of Persia, where he would uh, go, "No, that's not how the story went," and you'd he would back it up. Yeah, I, I think they could do it through the narrative. Oh yeah, they I, could sure if they do, but they, but they could. But the question is, did they? I don't know. That's like I I don't even know because you do have the option for decisions. Um, you can do things differently. Like there's some definitely some places where you can get caught. Like there's this one place where you have to go into the supermarket. Uh, you're breaking into the supermarket. And I could have very easily missed this camera. Okay, there's a camera sitting on the ceiling. Game tip for anybody who goes into the supermarket. Um, I could have definitely um, missed this camera. And if I would have missed this camera, I don't know what would have happened. I, I, I don't know what would have happened. Would I have been able to get what I was looking for? Would the police came? came? Like, you know, there are people who are looking for me. The people who were looking for me, so I don't, you know, know like what would happen. Also, there's this uh, this party that you go to. Something happens, and you have the option to either leave, or you can um, uh, go go back for revenge. And so I chose to go back for revenge. Yeah, I don't think so, you would even have to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what would have happened like what would happen if i would just left you know i the cutscene would have had to be different like the cutscene would have had to be different so i'm, I'm kind of curious cause i definitely i at least want to play that part again and see if stuff starts changing you know but so far like um like and i like the way they tell the story or at least they have the story displayed because in the, like it, while the game's loading it shows you the 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 uh like what part of the story you're in like they have like a like a um a graph that shows you where you are. And I have not even gotten back to the prologue. Like you start in the game, like the the game somewhere, and I have not gotten back to the prologue yet. I'm just getting back to the prologue after playing like for three four like three hours or so. Papers. So it's um yeah, it's 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 good. I'm curious about it and I'm looking forward to playing it over the weekend. Probably beating it over the weekend. Hopefully. We'll see what happens. Um but yeah that's what I've been playing and uh let's move on to our topics. I think it's about that time, right? Guys, let's see. Um so first topic is uh it's a Sony topic. Uh actually PlayStation talking about iOS and Android. And typically when you hear stuff about PlayStation, iOS, Android or mobile in general, it's usually like Michael Pactor saying, "Oh, console's days are numbered." You know, that's what's usually going on. No, like, everybody's been saying that. Oh, Facebook games sure are the future. Yeah, oh. they're doing great. Oh, yeah, Axenga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, golden parachutes have been deploying out of that place <laughs> all year long. Wasn't, wasn't there a headline uh, that even the, the Zynga head is bored with games? Yes. 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 I remember that. It's like, I just want to slap the face off him. <laughs> but I want to do that for a long time, so. Right. Well, okay, well, here's the deal that's going on with Sony. Um, Sony is actually looking uh, at mobile uh, platforms like iOS and Android, and 
not in the sense of where they're like, we need to engage mobile, we need to go mobile and make mobile games and stuff like that, but basically what they're looking to, from what I'm reading, it looks like they're looking to make companion apps and companion games to their other games. Like, um, Knack. PS4 is going to have like a Knack puzzle game for Android and iOS. And that game, like, like it's, if you do well in that game, you'll be able to get extra items and things of that nature. Uh, also, like, well, like recently, um, the Grand Theft Auto, the uh, iFruit app that you can get on iOS and Android, which I kind of, in my review of Grand Theft Auto, I kind of talked uh, about it because they didn't have the Android version ready. And basically, in the app, not only can you buy custom cars and not with mo- real money, like the money you have in game, uh, you can train your dog, you know, so that when you go back into the game, your dog's not running all over the place when you're trying to take him somewhere. Because he will, like, run off. Like, you'll, be, you'll have him in a mission, and he'll, like, run off and go hump another dog. Just, just out of curiosity, he's not what, trained. What, what type of missions are you doing with your dog, exactly? When you're looking for somebody, like, you like this is one where the guy, uh, you're looking for this guy who you tried to kill, and you did it unsuccessfully. So now <laughs> this guy is hiding in a train. Oh, and, and the dog can to, actually sniff him out. The dog can sniff him out, yeah. Uh, okay, that's pretty cool. So the dog's name is Chop. He's a, he's a Rottweiler. Nice. Nice dog. <laughs> but uh, it would be he, if you trained him, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he stopped humping other dogs and humping people's legs and stuff like that. So, but I, yeah, like there, there's companion apps, but even Beyond Two Souls, like it's a single player game unless you hook up uh your tablet or your um phone to it, and then you can play like somebody can play as Jody and somebody can play as Aiden simultaneously. Cool. So, you know, this isn't anything new, but a lot of... And, well, we saw the E3 a lot, too. How many, like, every Ubisoft app or game had an app for it, you know? Um, and I don't necessarily mind it, you know, as long as they're looking for it to be a companion. You know, yeah. I, like, as long as, it, as it, it's like a companion type deal and not like a, we're going to focus all of our attention on this. You know, I want them to make the games and say, well, what can, well, what can we make for mobile? You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't want them to make Grand Theft Auto for mobile, thank God. But, you know, they, they made a companion app that can be engaging and, and bring you back to the game. Like, if I got Knack, I would not mind, you know, playing a Knack puzzle, Knack puzzle game while I'm at work. You know, because everybody plays games at work, except yeah. Knack. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is just a neat way to sort of keep people thinking of your game when they're away from home, away from the game. So it's a nice little enhancement. I mean, it's a cool thing to do at work, so long as, like you say, they're not pulling things from the game to stick into it. Like, I'm a little annoyed about them taking the dog training and putting that exclusively on phones. Uh, I would much rather have something like that in the game. But then again, I like playing with dogs, so <laughs> you're going to get me to be a stickler for that a little bit. Well, yeah, well, yeah. It's definitely worth it. <laughs> but, um... I thought Nick was going to say something. Sorry. Oh, no, I can. I, I can, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I no. saw you open your mouth, but I think you just... No, actually, I didn't open my mouth. I don't know what you saw. Oh, sorry. It's just the power of his beard. My fault, Mike. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. No, I, I just think it's funny, though, because they're they're sort of saying that they're not competing with, with phones anymore, which is fundamentally true in the, insofar as phones being as ubiquitous as they are now. You know, it's not like nobody's going to buy a console just because they have a phone. Um, that might apply to the Vita to a degree, insofar as 
Um, you know, it's like I only have so much money to spend on mobile devices and I need my phone and the Vita is more of a luxury item. But at the end of the day, if you want your Vita, which even then that's more of an adjunct to the PS3 or the PS4 now anyway, um, you know, you're going to get that device regardless, um, you know, provided you have the, the finances. But I, I think it's funny, though, because as Joel was pointing out, that it lets you engage the game when you're away from the game. But it also it serves the purpose of tying up your phone so that when you're at work, you can play your Grand Theft Auto app or you can play your NAC app and you're not going to be playing, you know, what, what Angry Birds or Fruit Ninja or whatever. And then so this to make sure that you don't get hooked on any other mobile games. They don't, not, they don't want to give you the chance for that because the worst thing that can happen is that you come home and you're like, oh, hey, I could play my, you know, expensive, you know, console game that I super love or I could play this super addictive mobile game that I can't put down. And, you know, if they want to, you know, if they can kind of keep their foot in the door to make sure that you, they, they don't get, you don't get the opportunity to stray, then yeah, that, that helps their ecosystem. So it's, it's just funny that they're sort of saying like, oh, they're not competition yet. In a way, this is directly a, a, uh, a defensive move against that kind of competition. I think inadvertently, yes, you're right. It is, it is a move, but the best uh, offense is defense, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Something like, no, the best defense is offense, and that's kind of what this is. This is an offensive-defensive maneuver. Yeah, but I, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure if they, if they thought about it that way. Maybe maybe they, maybe they have a nick there that said, hey, yeah, that's a great idea, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a defensive move. They, they don't need well, a nick. They don't need well, a nick? <laughs> just, just watch the news, see if what, something we say appears the next day, sort of like what happened with Steam stuff. Heard us talking about it and had to announce everything the day after. Which so. <laughs> some big wiggle start parroting Nick tomorrow. Watch that, for it. That's why we do the mash cast, so we can say things and then people act on them the next day. I know. We do what we can. We do it for the community. Yeah. We, had to, we, had, we had to move it to, to Fridays so that people could think about it over the weekend and then come in on Monday all energized with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's one reason to move it to Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, you know, I guess I expect to see more mobile stuff from Sony, but, um, moving on to our next topic, uh, I wish I could show the picture of this guy from EA. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you were talking about as soon as you said this guy. <laughs> yeah, this, like, I don't know, I'm gonna see if we can find a bigger picture of this guy. He looks fucking creepy, man. Just make him the picture of the mash cast this week. Did, if did, I can find you, a big enough picture. Do you guys remember, um... Well, I can't think of his name now. Um, the guy from UHF. If you ever saw UHF, Weird Al? no, not Weird Al. There was, there was a, like a a guy in a lab coat at the studio who was always coming up with crazy things. I want to say it was Philo something. Violet Farnsworth was his name, maybe. Sounds crazy. No, I don't know. I'll have to find a picture of him. Well, this now. guy's name was Richard Hellerman, <laughs> and uh, he works for EA, obviously the most evil company in the world, according to most most gamers. Um, and you know, I don't purposely look for stuff to roast EA on. Um, it just falls in their laps. It just kind of falls in their lap because they have different employees saying different things, and nobody seems to like them. Yeah, they need to lock the doors and stop letting people talk. And actually, just this happened a few weeks ago. Actually, this article's from September 25th, and I just happened to see it. And when I read it, it kind of made me upset. But Nick felt a little differently. Uh, but basically, the guy is saying. Um, you know, well, his his main point is that, uh, and this is a quote: "We've asked for too much time, too much skill, and too much money 
uh, sometimes all at once. And he's talking about players. And this, he said this at Dice Europe, so he's talking to a bunch of uh, game developers uh, with this. And um, basically he's talking about uh, uh, how mobile games are taking over. So I would expect to hear something about this last year. But this seems a little late. Even though I'm late picking it up by like a week and some change, this seems extra late because actually there was an article. Oh, man, I wish I would have saved that article. There was an article on a website uh, where a lot of mobile developers, and it just wasn't game developers, but it was like app developers talking about how the gold rush was over mm-hmm. because it's too many. It's too, it's too hard to get your app noticed now. Yeah, so. I remember reading that. Just all the, the various developers are saying they're barely breaking even if they're lucky. Yeah. Like it's just there's there's so much out there, so many people developing for it. It's just saturated and it's getting your your app noticed is is the crucial part these days. Even just to if people are even aware of you, you're doing good. So it's just it's not it's not the huge market people seem to be jumping on board thinking it is these days. No. But people like this joker. That ship is like sailed. Like basically what mm-hmm. he's saying, he you know, he's started off saying that you know, kids used to learn from the, the games that Miyamoto you know, put out like the Mario's and the Zelda's, and now the kids are learning from iOS games, which is a scary, scary thing. <laughs> those games are so easy. At least, at least you know Nintendo old, like you know Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers, Zelda. It didn't. Well, maybe Zelda didn't increase co- cognitive, you know, reflex, but Mario and Donkey Kong definitely did. And Zelda, I think, it helped with problem solving and thinking skills and stuff like that. Yeah, this all really feels like we're back to sort of Atari days. Like, I can't help but getting a very Atari vibe from a lot of stuff that's in development now or getting pushed out. Like, you have one thing, you do it in slightly more complicated ways until you get sick of it and shut it off, and that's the game. Right. I think, you know, in a way, we're we're going back to gaming's roots. What was the very origins of gaming? It was, the game had to be, the game had to get you to keep putting quarters into a system. And so there the premise was we're going to make it so that you've got this, you know, simple to learn but difficult to master gameplay that's going to keep costing you lives that you've got to keep paying quarters for. Now we've got all these, you know, the not, not, not so much DLCs but all these little like add-ons that you can buy, you know, free to play but then ever, all the little features to it are all add-ons and it, the whole pr- system is designed to – trap you into paying the money that way look at like candy crush i mm-hmm. mean candy crush would work perfectly as an old school as an old school arcade machine where you just keep putting in the quarters for lives because it's fundamentally what they're doing and in a way the the the, the revenue model has come around full circle it really feels that way i agree with you nick yeah well i mean the thing about like mobile games or facebook games things like that they are developed to be to to not uh, to not necessarily keep your attention for that long, they're developed for you to get in and get out because I know most people playing their mobile games, like you know most people will, will they turn them on when they're not doing anything else. Like nobody's really sitting at home. I only know one person who will sit at home and play something like Candy Crush or Bejeweled Ray. Like I only know <laughs> one person that does that, and nobody else like on their phones. Like nobody else I know like will, will just sit on their couch and play it. But like if they're on a train or a bus, uh, in the bathroom, you know, like that's, that's when they do all that stuff. So you have to be able to turn it on. It comes on fast and get into a game very quickly. No story, no enhanced gameplay. They don't want you failing and trying over and over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Because then your legs would just go numb on the toilet. So yeah. you don't, <laughs> nobody wants that. 
I, I just want to say that I, I do play Bejeweled on my PS3 sometimes. I thought you were going to say you play it on the toilet. Which is no, acceptable. I, I can't get my PS3 on the toilet at the moment. You haven't tried hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Flat screens, man. Wave of future. <laughs> no, the, ang- the angles don't work out. Yeah. Need mirrors. The lighting's terrible. <laughs> Dude, but like, yeah, I mean, mo- the, that's the thing about the mobile games, and that's, I guess that's the beef I have with this statement of him saying consoles need to kind of pick up this model. He says, he he's saying that, you know, I can understand if you're talking about the general scope of consumer, like everybody, like you want to pick up the, 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 the most average person, then okay, I can see you saying you need to go with this formula, not need, but it's a recommended formula. Because like, you know, my grandmother would probably play Bejeweled if she can get easy access to it. That doesn't make her a gamer. When he says that, you know, consoles can get gamers back, first of all, gamers have not left consoles. Who is saying that game? Like, who? where is your data <laughs> saying that gamers are leaving consoles? No, they might be seeing some casuals leaving the Wii from years ago. I don't know. What are you looking at, man? Yeah. And just because you have a Wii, like, you know, doesn't make you a gamer. It just means you, you're a person with a Wii. Like, you know, lots of people have Wiis. 96 was like 96 million sold or something like that like yeah something ridiculous it was unbelievable numbers there's not that many gamers in the world you know he he said he said something interesting when he he pointed out that kids are learning on their their iphones now as opposed to on the the, the old nintendo systems and it makes me wonder like what age are we expecting kids are going to be like entering into the console generation because if kids are get, you know if kids are taking their parents iPhones and playing on them or being given them on long car rides or you know because you know sometimes parents need to give kids distractions and stuff like that is it possible that maybe we're we're the like the, the kids who are maybe like 6 and under you know just young enough that they're not they, they're not old enough to know that they want a console yet so their parents aren't going to buy them one cuz no parents going to outlay that much money unless they have to but is it possible that there's an entire generation of kids who just simply aren't going to want consoles? And maybe that he, he's expressing a very valid concern. If you look at, you know, if you assume at some point, at some point, I guess the, the generation, and I, I would say we're not there yet. If you figure what the people in their thirties and maybe early forties are the people that actually grew up with con- the first generation of consoles, they're still presumably buying them. So well, some of them, maybe, I mean, you know, you, as an adult, you have the dispensable income to be purchasing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But is it possible that if if you look at sort of the, the ecosystem of gamers where you need young gamers coming in as older gamers get uh, become adults and filter out, is it possible that there's we're, we're on the precipice of a generation that's going to grow up and just have no desire for a console? Why because would they, they not desire fine. a console? Because they're perfectly fine with the stupid crap on their iPhone. We so weren't people fine were with perfectly it. fine <laughs> with We didn't have iPhones when we people were that old. Were we didn't need it. We had Atari's that was, that was <laughs> and bicycles <laughs> and things like that. I, I mean, just because you're you're okay with something doesn't mean that you have no desire to move forward. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I guess I think, the, the, the counter to that, well, not the counter, but I, I think the corollary to that too is that as as the iPhone games become more involved. I mean, because one of the one of the arguments is he says, "Well, once I get your butt on the couch, I can get you for two hours." And so, I mean, fundamentally, like con- console gaming as we know it is a very defined experience of you're sitting in front of a large screen, 
you know, in a very comfortable setting for multiple hours at a time. And, and I, I think that's kind of his argument is the barriers to entry for that requiring that you need to have the time to devote. You need to have the money to purchase the equipment that makes it worthwhile. And you need to have – what was the other one? Uh, and you need to have the skill to actually play the games. And I, I think he might be saying that that gamers overall have no desire to spend that much time playing the games. They don't have the skill because playing on the iOS games, they're not learning how to manipulate a controller properly. And you know the the price of the price, you know, the barrier of entry from the price alone sixty dollars for the game, four hundred dollars for the console. Um, you know, we'll, we won't say anything about the cost of the TV because presumably you're going to have the nice TV anyway. That there just by intending your game for this specific setup you're already writing off you know x number of gamers because they they're one of those three requirements they're not going to meet but it's not a problem now like i can see if this stuff was kind of like a problem even like with with the beginning of the xbox and the ps3 generation with the with the prices being as high as they are yes not everybody was able to get in but eventually people like you know now everybody gets in it's just the the way it is um but like it's not a huge blocking point like oh no i can't get a ps4 right now i'm never gonna play a ps4 like it doesn't work like that that's about me like and even if you like you know with the advancements to ios or to sorry to it to the to the iphones and to the android devices if they got to a point where they can graphically handle triple a titles they would still be limited by their touch capacity. But then if you start hooking up controllers to them, that I, okay, fine, the consoles might be in trouble then, but the developers would still be making the same types of games. They'd be making those same AAA games with the controllers. And let's not act like controllers are hard to manipulate. Controllers are intuitive. Like, I mean, like, you have to be pretty slow to not be able to manipulate a controller, like not get it, like we're, that Mega Man video, that Mega Man, well, what was it called? The, uh, oh man, it was, it was this funny video. I forget the name of the video is. I'll see if I can find it and link it. But oh, the guy the one was by Ego Raptor. Yeah, the one by Mega Ego Man Raptor. X one. Yeah. yeah, the Mega Man X one, where he's talking about like you know if you had somebody with zero experience, you know, playing the game, they know when they look at the controller. Well, let me try hitting some buttons. You know, people hit <laughs> buttons all the time. Some of oh, the clients. It's sequelitis. It's sequelitis. Yeah, sequelitis. Like, some of the, like, you know, how many people have relatives who fucked up their computers because they just, I don't know, they start hitting buttons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Too, too many people. <laughs> too many people. And it's the same thing. Like, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like, you know, like controllers, are, the, these barriers to entry are imaginary. Like, they, they are thought up by people who have just thought about it way too much like mobile gaming may be an entry to gaming but like there's just a certain amount of quality that you're just not gonna get on a mobile phone simply because of how uh the control scheme works you know i i, I think of it though he's wrong nick no no no, no <laughs> but I, I let me just give you this one analogy here i, I think of it kind of like you have kids who grow up being fed mcdonald's and they think like that's good food because they're never given actual good food well, good as in taste good, or good as in good for both, you. Two different both, things. Both, because <laughs> McDonald's is neither. I don't know, man. <laughs> but and, uh, and, I, and I say I say this as somebody who used to eat there plenty. But no, and I, 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 it's possible that 
because you know your because your whole worldview is you know gaming comes through my phone that you may just not be even aware of these other experiences you might see oh my older brother if or you, you live know, under a rock well <laughs> that's that, the thing like that's where babies come from under rocks <laughs> I mean, if you live under a rock, but how could you not know you walk into a Best Buy Target? I was going to say Surrogate City, but if you walk into one of those, you have a time machine. <laughs> um, I don't know. They're just yeah. kind of empty and sitting there. But that's the thing. Like, actually, the ones around here turned to PC Richards. But yeah, um, uh, H.H. Craig's. Oh, okay. Yeah, so basically, like, you know, you have all these different places, like, places where you, like, you know, a GameStop. You, like, these, these younger gamers are walking in these places. They see the future that awaits. But they see it. You like that? Wait. But if I see that, I see that. But no. But if if you don't have, if you don't have the like, if you only have a mobile phone, why are you going to a GameStop? I think we're kind of hoping that at some point they're going to be exposed to the console. Either like they're going to have a friend who's in the know is going to be like, dude, you got to come over and play Halo. It's not like these kids go to the mall with their parents. Well. Yeah, so you're, be... say, you're saying that the parents, we have to, as, as parents, there has to be a vested interest in making sure that you raise your kids properly to no, play. No, just take your damn kid to the mall. Microsoft and Sony will do the rest. Your kid will know that they exist. Okay, your kid will know. Yeah, I mean, I work in an after-school program uh, for the actual paid portion of my life, and uh, the kids there just sort of see them as just other games, like. A lot of the kids who play on their parents' iPhones have a DS, want a DS, are aware of things like Halo and stuff like that. It's something they want to play. They know they want more complex things. They enjoy them. Um, I mean, a lot of these kids are still crazy for Nintendo, which is probably their biggest market share and probably one of the biggest groups that's introducing new new players to the, like the more complex games in the market. Mm. So they're, they're they're all very aware of it. They they don't really see much division in them. They just see them as they have fun with it. So I'll try that too. That looks fun. I'll try that. I don't care if it's complicated. I'll learn it. Kids don't care if they win even. I mean, really, if they're if they're guys walking around and they get killed, half of them don't care. They don't even know what's happening. They're gonna grow up to be losers. I'm sorry, Joel. <laughs> I know I know one guy who got assassinated a game and he didn't care. He liked it. <laughs> Come on, man! That was awesome. It must be a Canadian <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe you I don't was care about dying when you have free health care. I was the Canadian <laughs> Prime Minister. I did implement free health care. It's probably another reason I got killed. <laughs> oh. oh boy! But yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I personally think this guy is um this guy is uh is wrong. Yeah, Nick always playing the fucking devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's that wrong. We need Nick. We need him. Otherwise, it would just be us going, yeah, we agree. <laughs> Next topic. Do we agree? I think this is stupid. Me too. Next topic. Yeah. Maybe just shotgun through everything that ever happened. Yeah. Speaking of shotguns. <laughs> I like where this is going. Call of Duty. <laughs> what oh, no. are we talking about Call of Duty? Uh, well, actually, um... I guess it's nothing bad, actually. I, I, no, no bad information has really come out about Call of Duty yet. Um, well, I guess maybe it depends on how you take this news. Uh, so the specs for Call of Duty have come out. Uh, and there has been some argument whether or not they're actually real. I think they're real, and I hope they're real. And I'll explain why. <laughs> they're real, and they're spectacular. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, CPU specs are actually kind of low. There's like Core 2 Duo. 
uh, or uh, AMD Phenom X3, Windows 7, Windows 8, DirectX 11. Uh, and those are for the, actually, so those are for the lower end. Uh, but for like the recommended specs, it's saying you need 6 gigs of RAM, uh, the equivalent of a GTX 780, okay, and 50 gigabytes to install. 50 gigs? For what? Does it have 45 <laughs> gigs of porn with it? <laughs> <laughs> what on earth do you need that much for? Well, see, he, this is why I, I relished when this happened. Is because... You knew I was going to get all high-pitched and screaming? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because this is, the thing is, PC games have been held back because of the consoles. Okay, I mean, like, you know, we, we make the jokes about the PC Master Race, and more and more people started getting involved in the PC Master Race, because it started not to cost that much to get involved in the PC Master Race. Like, you can get some, like, low-end or mid-grade cards, and be able to play games that your console can only do at 30 seconds at, like, 60 frames on your PC, you know? I don't, like, when, that, when there's, like, a multi-platform game... I have no fear at all that I can play that game at 60 frames per second steady. You know, unless there's something wrong with the game itself. But that's the thing, like, it, because of the consoles being so old, like, the, the, the games just weren't... Like, you know, you did have, like, higher resolution textures, and some games took it to the next level, like Alien vs. Predator, um, Crisis 2 and Crisis 3, um, trying to think Bioshock Infinite. Like, some games do take it to the next level. Or Skyrim, that's another good one. Uh, but a lot of games, you just don't have to worry about it. But now with the next-gen consoles coming out and them being more powerful, now the developers could just let loose. You know, 50 gigs of textures? That's, not, I mean, like, I can, for, for, for if your entire game has all high-res textures, for, especially for a game like Call of Duty, um, yeah, like, I can, I can see it at least being close to that, including the multiplayer maps. You know, including the multiplayer maps. Because I'm just thinking of, like, Unreal Tournament, for example. Unreal Tournament 2004 for PC, that game was, like, 20 gigs by the time... Like, my install folder was 20 gigs by the time it was done. You know. Um, Bioshock Infinite was 18 gigs, I think. Maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, and that's and that game does not have multiplayer. It's extremely linear. Um, with Call of Duty, the game, you know, has a single player and a multiplayer. And the reason I am so happy is because it's going to bring back... The true PC master race. The people who keep their rigs on the top of their game. Now there's a reason to do that again. Before it was just wasting money. You know, it was kind of just like, you know, if you went out and bought the most expensive graphics card, you know, it was a waste of money because there's no game that would even come close to running that, especially if you have SLI or um, uh, Crossfire. But even now, like uh, even with this, like the mo the 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 the, the graphics techno technology is just so advanced that the most advanced card is still probably gonna be a waste of money. To be honest with you, especially when you can pair up two two good cards and have zero problems. But now you know we're people at the back of the game buying the high end processors. I have sixteen gigs of RAM in my you know in my computer that doesn't include the like the six gigs of RAM that my graphics cards have combined, you know. So, you know, we're going with the PC Master Race coming home. The old gods are coming back.
<laughs> it's gonna be glorious. <laughs> the, the funny thing is that you look as happy as you sound. <laughs> well, I remember Truly when benchmarking, are. like when, when benchmarking, like actually mattered. Now it really doesn't because even the benchmarks aren't that, like you know, benchmarks are heavy. rigged. They're not rigged. People rig them. Mm-hmm. But now, like, yeah, man, it's gonna be great. The old gods return. <laughs> return from our slumber. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I would definitely, on a serious note, I would definitely expect, I would advise PC gamers that if you, the games are gonna get bigger. Okay, the games are definitely gonna get bigger. I like me. I have a like a three terabyte drive that has that's just for nothing except games and a couple other applications because I foresaw <laughs> I foresaw these things happening would you say that a one terabyte eight gigabyte hybrid SSHD drive would be good enough for high end games going forward are you, are you talking about yourself I'm just talking about in general well, you system, said one systems terabyte? that may have a one terabyte drive 16 gigs of RAM one terabyte drive, sixteen gigs of RAM, uh, and all they have is the one terabyte drive. Collectively, my computer has like fifteen terabytes. So, so <laughs> collectively, like between my, the different drives I have and stuff like that. But um, do you work for the NSA? What like? Uh, no, no. But no, <laughs> the one terabyte, I probably not. Be honest with you, I wouldn't. I would have well, more than one terabyte on my system. If you're talking about yourself, it's not like you're gonna play a bunch of high-end games, Nick. No, no, I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about me. Who are you talking about then? Talking about Valve. Talking about Valve. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the next page. I don't have that page <laughs> open right now. Oh <laughs> uh, okay. Oh yeah, well let's just move right on because I'm 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 done with my PC master race talking for the week. <laughs> you're just done being happy. <laughs> yeah. You know the, fun, the funny thing is too, you, you're not that big a Call of Duty fan. Like you haven't been a big Call of Duty fan since Call of Duty Four, right? That is true. Even though Black, I was impressed with Black Ops Two and wasn't impressed in like the game being a game, but impressed that oh it's a Call of Duty that doesn't suck now. <laughs> you know that kind of impressed. Um. So yeah, yeah. You know, they know what's up. They see it coming. Oh, dedicated servers in the new Call of Duty. You know how many people that's going to bring back to the series? Wait, did they say that? Yeah, officially. Dedicated servers across all platforms. Wow. Because a lot of PC players left because of the no dedicated servers thing. This trend needs to continue. Dedicated servers for every PC game let the community manage itself because it was working perfectly fine before. We don't need the developers to police the community. We don't need it. We can do it ourselves. Just need them to ourselves. manage the hard, the hard drive space better. <laughs> What'd you say? I said you just need them to manage the hard drive space better. I don't need them to manage hard drive space. <laughs> well, you with your it could have been 150 stuff. gigs. I'm like, sure, no problem. Bam, I got it. You know, <laughs> I make it rain gigabytes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> As Nick said, he he was trying to transition to Valve, so let's go and talk about Valve and um, some specs that were released for the Steam Machine prototypes. Uh, now, of course, Valve is not making the Steam Machines. They have a bunch of different companies that are going to make some. So some are going to be 
maybe higher specs than this, and many are going many are going to be lower specs than this. Especially if you want something quiet that you can run in your living room, they're going to be lower specs than this. But the specs they released for there looks like the 300 prototype Steam machine. Uh, the GPU. Some units will have NVIDIA Titan. Some will have GTX 780s. Some will have GTX 760s, and some will have GTX 660s. Uh, some boxes will have an i7 470, sorry, 4770. Some will have i5 4570, and some will have i3. Just to let you know, most people with laptops rolling around right now only have i3 processors. Um, 16 gigs of DDR3 RAM, 1600, um, and 3 gigabyte DDR, uh, GDDR5. Um, that's they they have, which uh, that's actually less than the PS3. But the thing is, like the PS3 only has eight gigs of GDDR RAM, and that is it. So this is three gigs of GDDR RAM dedicated. Um, storage is one uh one to eight. Oh, so was that? Uh, one terabyte, one eight gigabyte. Uh, oh, hybrid S uh SHD. Gotcha. I never messed around with those hybrid drives. I don't know what the deal is with them, to be honest with you. They're supposed to be faster, aren't they? I guess, supposedly. I don't know. I, I have an SSD, and that shit flies. It really does. Uh, power supply is a 450-watt uh, power supply. And I guess that could power a 780? But I don't know if, it can, if, I don't know if that could successfully power an i7... 40, 4, 4700, uh, 4, uh, 40, well, oh, goddammit, 4770, and a uh, GTX 780. I'm not sure how well that's going to power that, to be honest with you. And it looks like it's 12 by 12 by, uh, oh, well, 12, yeah, and those are inches, so 12 by 12.4 by 2.9. Looks like, so they're going to be pretty slim, it looks like. Um, I don't know. Like, that power supply is what concerns me. On their higher-end models, I would suspect that they'd want more. You know? Like, hmm. Kind of like, I have, I'm running a 1,000-watt power supply, which is a little bit of overkill for what I have. Um, but that powers an i7 uh, Sandy Bridge processor and dual um, 7990 ATI, ATI cards. And this GTX 70... It's gonna be a single, but it still is more powerful than the the card the cards that I currently have. So I don't know how that's gonna go. Curious. That's why this is a beta. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, exactly. That's why this is a beta. Um. Now, one thing I will say. With <laughs> here's the thing about it. Uh, let's say they did start releasing these Steam boxes with, like, let's say a GTX 780 or a 760, I wouldn't buy those models, and I buy high-end stuff typically, but in this case, because the Steam box runs on Linux, I wouldn't buy that high. I'd probably buy one of the lower, like, the lower models with the cards and just stream from my PC, because, like, most of my games aren't even gonna run on Linux. And, like, I would have to, like, basically, the, the Linux adoption rate would have to jump up for me to justify purchasing something like that. You you already have your your high end system, so for you this is an adjunct at best, right? But I mean, if if adoption picked up, I could benefit from having a high end Steam box. 
What if I want to play a game on my Steam box and then do something else on my computer? I do it all the time now. You know? Sometimes <laughs> I have, like, my, my PS3 on, I'm doing something on my computer. Sometimes I have StarCraft on and my PS3 on, and I just switch between the two because I'm a boss like that. <laughs> so, yeah. I used to have a, well, actually, earlier MASHcast, so you, you, Joel, you didn't even know who we were back then, but I used to talk about playing games while I was playing games. <laughs> like I would have like I would have like Hydro Thunder playing while I was waiting for my StarCraft matches to load mm-hmm. and just switching back and forth. Sounded like sounds like a big loser, but it's actually really awesome. Tell chicks about it all the time. They get all giddy about it. It's great. <laughs> no, but um yeah, I mean I could benefit from having that. Like, I wouldn't mind spending the money on a higher end Steam box, but I don't see the point of it with that with such low adoption. Well, if, if someone came to you, though, and they said, I want to build a gaming rig, and they gave you these specs, and they were like, dude, do you think this would work? Like, putting aside the power supply issues, because I'm sure that'll sort itself out in time. But, well, I mean, one, gaming rig? does this sort of tip off? Well, because, well, I mean, again, this we don't know, as far as trying to figure out sort of the price range, if this, I mean, I, that's 16 gigs RAM, that makes me think this has to be the high end of it. So... Do we can one can we sort of guesstimate a cost based off these specs? And two, is this a system that you would recommend for gaming? Yes, for gaming uh, with a bigger hard drive. Yes, um, but based on cost of this machine, um, I would easily say like between seven to eight hundred dollars. You know, on the cheaper side. On the cheaper side, seven, eight hundred bucks. You know, maybe a little lower. To go, to to go back one second. Do you think the hard drive is necessarily an issue, given that you can always re-download your games and reinstall them from Steam? Who wants to do that, though? Well, who wants to pay eight hundred dollars for a system? Well, if I'm paying eight hundred dollars for a system, I damn well be able to keep my games on it. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Not to mention, like, you, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, what happens if, you know, they stop serving up the game or the game, something happens with, something that happens with the game files and you can no longer, it no longer works. You know, like, uh, for example, if you have, if you bought Dark Spore but haven't activated it by now, it won't work for you on Steam. Hmm. Period. So if something happens, like, that happens. You know? Because there's a bug that they, they, they basically just came out and said they weren't going to fix it. You know, um, so yeah, like yeah, I would, I would always, I like to keep my stuff on the actual computer. I I tag and download stuff all the time on my computer right now, just uh, to remember to play stuff a little later, like Tactical Intervention, which I forgot that I downloaded two days ago until right now. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for that, guys. Yeah, but I would, I would, this, this could be a system. This could be a regular system. I mean, that's only one card I can tell because it says three gigabytes of GDDR instead of six gigabytes. So yeah, but it, it could still be a system. I think oh, Boris Shubinsky from Gaming Ogre, he is currently running one, a single card like this, and his games are flying for him. So yeah, it could work. It could work. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll I guess we'll keep our ear to the ground with what's happening with that, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll hear good things about it. In the meantime, though, let's talk about some bad stuff. And that's when Microsoft walks through the door. 
Surprise! <laughs> Are you surprised? We didn't yeah. bitch about them last week, did we? That's because Steam, we, we talked about it the entire time. Yeah, we so didn't We didn't. Technically, bitch. we gave them a month off. Yeah. <laughs> My so, Microsoft bashing muscles have atrophied. Uh, well, you know, I'll this... will limber them up. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So basically, um, you know, my the the fucking Connect Two is an amazing device. It really mm-hmm. is. I, I found out more things about it thanks to what they said at this Ad Age, you know, uh, on this Ad Age website. But I didn't know that the fucking Connect can analyze like the veins in your eyes for stress and see what you're doing. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> they can do all that. It can detect an increase in your heart rate, and it does that through the veins in your eyes. It is an incredible device. How does the military not use this? We should have solved terrorism by now. <laughs> <laughs> With the connecting yeah, this at airports, jeepers. Yeah. <laughs> Let me drag all my knives and switchblades through bag check and just check me out before I go on the plane. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. See, I'm, not, I'm, t- I'm totally cool, man. Look at my eyes. Yeah, let me play some Connect Sports, and you can tell how stressed I am. Damn, bam, we're good. Let's, <laughs> let's fly somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, basically what happened, you know, a lot of people were concerned with the Connect effect that it, at first it was always on and always listening, and, you know, the amount of information that could be collected from it. And then, you know, Microsoft was always saying, well, no, we're not going to collect any data. We respect your privacy, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so there was a, an Association of National Advertisers annual convention over the weekend, apparently, and Microsoft was there, and they're saying, "I'll talk about, you know, all of the data they get and they can collect, and how great it will be for advertisers." Because of course, their game is advertising. You would think they wouldn't be trying to sell their people out to advertisers so much, since you know, people have been paying paying for Xbox Live for quite some time, and they bumped up the price not too long ago, and they put more ads on the front page already. But mm-hmm. still, they're looking for more ways to get more ad money, and um. You know, basically they were just talking about, you know, they, they can collect this data. Um, I think the confusion came in is when the ad age reporter himself started talking about the Connect and how, uh, the you know, what the Connect can do, its abilities, and you know, stuff that we just talked about, and uh, saying that, you know, that would make great for marketing feedback. Like, it can tell when somebody is looking at an ad or when they're looking away. You know, so you can, you know, analyze data and things of that nature. And then people started getting a little bit upset. Um, actually, the, the the article I have is from is from uh, Destructoid, and this is where I read it first before they did the update, where Microsoft, you know, contacted them to deny it or they reached out to deny it. And you know, basically, the report, the way the report went, was uh, you know, Microsoft says that they're going to collect data from the Connect when that never happened. Microsoft did not say they were going to collect data via the Connect. But they just talked about the data they have access to. Microsoft, tried, they did try to spin and say, oh, no, we were talking about smart glass. We were talking about the data we can collect from smart glass. And <laughs> we were not talking about the data you collect from smart glass. But the thing is, I mean, it's still a valid concern, though, the fact that the Kinect can do all this stuff. Because right now, Microsoft could be saying, oh, no, we're not going to collect data. We're not going to do any of that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But that could be just to get the units into people's homes. Because once the units are there... It only takes the flick of an like the switch of an EULA to change that. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, when I first got my Xbox 360, I could join a class action lawsuit. Now I can't. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so it only takes the change of an EULA to say, okay, well, we can take advertising data and stuff like that, blah, 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 and there's nothing you can do about it, or just stop using the Xbox. You know, 
that's all it takes. So it's still a very, very valid concern. Okay. Uh, and I, actually, we I took a poll. Um, we took a poll this week. Actually, this week, Smashcast polls, two weeks in a row. That's a record, guys. Good job. <laughs> but uh, it was the question was, how do you feel about services and products you pay for trying to monetize you further? And this wasn't, wasn't just at Microsoft. This was like going for Sony, too, because now PSN, you have to pay for it if you want to play online. Um, and I really wasn't talking about services like Facebook or or Google because uh, you don't pay for that stuff. You know, so them monetizing you is how they get paid pretty much. Uh, but basically, the results were kind of what I expected. Uh, most people said, I don't like it. Actually, let me give you a percentage. You know, people, bitches love percentages. Um, <laughs> so uh, 57%, 57.14% said, I don't like it. Um, one person said they don't care. Um, and uh, one person said they don't mind. And one person said they hated it. You know, they hate when they get monetized. And I'm like, I know that feel, bro. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but most people said they don't like it. Um, and I can understand that. Like, I can understand not wanting to be monetized when I'm already paying for a service. Like, when I turn the Xbox on, uh, it's just kind of like, dude, like, you're throwing shit in my face. And I, I really don't like that, especially for a service that I, you know, I've had to pay for, you know, for so long. Um. But yeah, so I, I don't know. Like it's still one of the connect and how Microsoft deals with advertising and the, the fact that they're blatant about wanting that that advertising money kind of makes me want to shy away from from using their products. You know, mainly in the gaming in the gaming realm because when it comes to PC stuff, it's so easy to start blocking stuff like that. It's not even funny. But like you know, mainly in the gaming space, you know, where the ecosystems, it's it's a bit harder to 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 do what you want to do with it um but sony i mean of course like sony can also do the same thing but i, I don't know their marketing must have worked because it feels like to me that they're more for the gamer than not you know than microsoft well yeah most of their couple the last few things they've done seem to just be look at what microsoft's doing don't do that yeah they've been using microsoft as a, as a great example of what not to do Oh, God, they've just been letting Microsoft do their advertising for them. It's like, oh, that's what they're doing? We're not doing that. Everybody's like, hooray! uh, Earlier when we were talking about uh, Sony's strategy, there was an accompanying interview, and uh, I can't remember who the interview was with, but he was asked, uh, you know, so you had a pretty great E3, what with your, your competition you know, not really being competition. And he's like, no, no, we like competition. They're doing, they're doing great. They really are. And they're like, no, you don't have to kiss their ass. Like <laughs> we know they're terrible and they're doing great for you. And he's like, well, you know, I mean, he was saying that, you know, it's good because, you know, a console war generates interest and everything. But he was saying that, uh, it is, you know, it is, it is funny that now like the policies are all coming to be the same and it's, it's getting hard to tell the two consoles apart. But. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it is kind of it's well I guess because uh, I guess as somebody who's not really paying attention it's kind of hard to tell them apart now. But it's not as easy as it was. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of it's they were both consoles were trying to separate themselves because I mean, technically speaking, like look at the Xbox and the PS3. There's not like you know if you want exclusives you went with the PS3. If you wanted a better online play you would typically go with the Xbox. Yeah, uh, that's how it went. And they were trying to separate themselves even further. Maybe to the point where people were like, well, now I have reason to get an Xbox and a PS3. 
I have an Xbox and well, an Xbox and a PS4. I have all the consoles same because I like having them around to keep me warm at night. So, <laughs> you know, but now like it's the same thing. Like their multi-platform titles are going to be the same. Um, from what I'm hearing, though, the PS4 is going to perform better on multi-platform titles and things of that nature. So, um, I don't know. Like it's, uh, I don't know. Like I'm. Uh, I feel a little concerned, but not that concerned because I play PC, you know. But I guess we'll find out. Like, I'm still, I, I'm sold on the PS4. I would definitely get one, probably not until next year. But the my the Xbox One, I'm still not so sure. Even though you don't need to have the Connect anymore, like the Connect was like one of my biggest things, and then they finally said, "Well, you don't need to have a Connect anymore." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Might be too late for guys. Guys, might be too late. You know, when they release that Halo Five, that might be a different story. If Halo Five is as good as Halo Four, well, I don't know. I might go for it. I you know, know. I, I just realized we're like six weeks away from like the consoles launching, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. And I don't know. There's like, there doesn't feel to be a, I, I'm not seeing a huge buzz about it. I'm not feeling that huge buzz. Like I'm not seeing people talk about it. Like, I remember more people talking about it before we had Facebook and Twitter. Now we have Facebook and Twitter. I was expecting to hear some like more stuff and I'm, I'm not hearing any buzzing. Maybe part of the problem is that we have Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so everybody's distracted by that, and it's like, yeah, the consoles will come when the consoles come. I don't know, man. I don't know. So I guess we'll, we'll find out soon enough uh, what happens with that. Uh, but thanks to, to everybody who participated in the poll. Um, you know, Hopefully we get participation every week and we can continue to do these polls because bitches love polls, right? It's, it's not hard. It's just what – one click to get to the poll and one click to choose. Well, right? it depends on the poll. Last week polls, it was like three clicks because it was like one question, but three things you had to answer. Oh, we can't make it that hard for people. Got to be one one click and they're done. Yeah, too like much time and too difficult. You know, like Amazon. We can't we can't we can't ask for too much time, too much money, or too much skill from from our polls poller. Uh, you see, poll this thinkers. is this is Nick. He, Nick is not on your side, folks. <laughs> He's not on your side. Let's uh let's take a look at what's coming out. Well, Wind Waker just came out. I just reached that on the list. Um, Diablo three came out on the fourth. For for uh, what was that for well, I, Xbox? It was yeah, it was uh, yeah downloadable. That was the downloadable. Let's see what oh, else. Right, right. Hmm. Uh, Beyond Two Souls talked about that game of the year edition for Borderlands two. Uh, let's see, what else? Game of the Edition for Dishonored, if you've been waiting for that. Gas Guzzle is Extreme. I actually have a review code for that. And I'll be reviewing it probably over the weekend. Uh, because it seemed, uh, I don't know. It seemed interesting. Anytime you put guns on cars, I'm, I'm, I'm at least a little interested. <laughs> you know, and I don't know what that says about me as a person. <laughs> but, uh, you put guns on cars, I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. Says, I don't know if I want to drive with you. <laughs> um, yeah, not like nothing really big coming out. Well, Pokemon X and Y that comes out on Saturday. That's yeah. good for the kids. Yeah, like I guess the next big release is like Assassin's Creed and Battlefield. I think well, Batman's coming out this month. Okay, so that I too. I'm pretty pumped for Batman. Um. Yeah, I have, I'm not pumped for it. Maybe because I haven't watched any. I, I, that's, that's my policy. I don't watch trailers and stuff like that. 
Yeah, there's only one trailer. It has a bunch of like we're we're in like F list villains, I think. Like Black Mask, Deathstrike. Look at these guys. Yeah, actually, when I j- I've been replaying through Arkham City on my PC, I didn't realize that Black Mask was in the beginning of that game. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, I completely forgot that. I didn't. I I did not. I didn't go over to the part where he was. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't go over like close to him, you don't see the guys kicking the crap out of him. Oh jeez! I didn't realize he was in the game. I I remember when I was playing through the PS3 version, like I just got this update that I got Black Mask's profile, but I never saw him in the game. Mm-hmm. But now I was like, oh, that's where he was. So, oh, well, so yeah, so Batman, Assassin's Creed, Battlefield, and then November we got new consoles and the 50 gig Call of Duty. 50 gigs. <laughs> yeah, 1.21 gigawatts. Great Scott. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, got some stuff to look forward to, but um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud with SoundCloud.com/slash/MashThoseButtons. We are on iTunes as well. If you want to uh, subscribe to the podcast, we are on Stitcher Smart Radio for uh, streaming or downloading. Uh, we are on Twitter, which is Twitter.com/slash/MTB Site. We are on Facebook, which is Facebook.com/slash/MashThoseButtons, and we are on. YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Mashables Buttons, have some new stuff coming out, so uh, soon, hopefully. Soon, but we'll see. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. Seriously, screw anyone who wants to put the right stick above the buttons. Screw them to death. (laughs) Alright, later, guys. Good night.